As the New Orleans Saints offensive coordinator search continues, there are a few candidates that we haven't talked about nearly enough. We got all of that and a little bit of land yap for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? I am Ross Jackson, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media covering the New Orleans Saints as a senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network. And on today's episode of Locked on Saints, we're going to be breaking down three defensive candidates that we're going to be watching very closely at the Senior Bowl, including a potential top linebacker that could make sense in New Orleans. We're going to take a look at three offensive players that we're going to be watching in Mobile as well, including... The potential next Debo Samuel. Wouldn't you love to find out the answer to that question is yes on your favorite football team? And to kick us all off today, we're going to be taking a look at three more potential offensive coordinator candidates that we haven't really talked about a lot. The Saints haven't asked to interview, but could potentially be options if the Saints wanted to continue to expand their search. We got all of that for you on today's episode, and we appreciate you very much for being an everydayer here on the show and, of course, making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And this episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, you can get $250 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on today to get started. So I wanted to kick off today's episode taking a look at more offensive coordinator talk. And a big part of the offensive coordinator talk now is do the New Orleans Saints want to continue to expand their OC search, which I do think is a good idea. And there are three names that could make a ton of sense for the New Orleans Saints. Passing game coordinator for the Detroit Lions, Tanner Angstrad. We could also look at quarterback coach for the Detroit Lions in Mark Brunel. Two guys that makes sense from a team that just finished up it's near Cinderella run. I think we can still call the Detroit Lions a little bit of a Cinderella story there. And then somebody that some Louisiana sports fans will be familiar with, Jake Peets, now the passing game specialist for the Los Angeles Rams, a guy that's got some play calling experience in college football with the one, the only, the LSU Tigers. So these are three guys that I think that if the New Orleans Saints decide they want to continue to expand their OC interview pool, which is possible. The Saints don't have to be in a rush here. The remaining top candidates, Clint Kubiak, he's going to be a little busy coaching in the Super Bowl here. You've got, um, you know, same thing with Brian Greasy, another guy that's going to be coaching in the Super Bowl. Uh, Gerard Johnson, somebody that's probably not going to make any decisions about his own future until he sees what happens with Houston Texans offensive coordinator, uh, Bobby Slowick, who could potentially take a job with Washington or with Seattle, which would then open up the opportunity for Gerard Johnson to just simply step up into the OC rule role, stay tied to CJ Stroud, not a bad setup for Gerard Johnson. So while the Saints have time here, they can continue to expand their search. Now, they interviewed and spoke with Brian uh, Brian Johnson, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, their offensive coordinator or former offensive coordinator on Monday as a part of one of the guys that help them expand their search a little bit. He was on our list last week when we talked about guys that they could expand with that search, along with Kellen Moore, who's already accepted a job. So let's break down these other three candidates, just in case the New Orleans Saints decide that they want to put in a phone call to any one of them. I want to start off with uh, with Tanner Engstrad here because he, to me, is very, very interesting. If you look at the build and the makeup of the Detroit Lions offense, 
It makes a lot of sense if you were to take that system and then just drop it in New Orleans with the team as it is assembled. Let me give you a couple of examples here. You have a um, mobile enough, but not a mobile quarterback, right? Jared Goff, Derek Carr, they have some athleticism, but you're not building around them as runners like a Lamar Jackson, like a Jalen Hurts, all these other pieces. And so I I like that comparison there, sort of like what we looked at with... um, uh, uh, the potential of Zach Robinson coming over from Los Angeles, working with a guy like Matthew Stafford, coming to New Orleans, working with a guy like Derek Carr, that just kind of translates one-to-one. Uh, you've got a guy that has helped to design an offense that works with a guy like Jameer Gibbs. That game plan can translate to an Alvin Kamara, and they would love for a game plan like that to also translate to second year running back Kendra Miller. So you got a couple of fresh legs there that you might be able to help to translate a little bit of that, you know, halfback wide or, or, or rather halfback sort of running back passing game usage. Then you think about the wide receivers, right? You've got your Amon Ross St. Brown, Chris Olave. The biggest turn in Chris Olave's game that I saw in 2023 was him catching the ball and immediately working upfield, not going down, not going out of bounds, not going down at first contact, but fighting through getting north and south. That probably started to happen over the course of the last maybe six games of the season. And I loved seeing that. That reminds me a good bit of what you see from an Amon Ross St. Brown, who's a little bit bigger, a little bit more physical than all those other things. It's not a one-to-one comparison, but when you're just thinking about talent as your top wide receiver option, Chris Olave, Amon Ross St. Brown, those are your guys. Jamison Williams, Rashid Shahid. I think I think Rashid Shahid, at least at this point right now, can do more in your offense than Jamison Williams can. Jamison Williams right now is a little bit more verticality only, straight line speed only, maybe mix him in on a couple of gadget, you know, jet sweep type things and stuff like that. Whereas Rashid Shahid settled a little bit more into his role in the offense, which makes sense. Jamison Williams, almost dropped my book. Jamison Williams, um, you know, has been dealing with injury and stuff like that that hasn't allowed him to fully become a part of that offense, but you can see the vision with him for sure. So again, that all translates. And then you think about a Josh Reynolds versus a an A.T. Perry, you probably would take A.T. Perry in that situation. So then the next thing you look at is the tight ends. You don't have a Sam Laporta type, but you do have a Jawan Johnson type. And that's somebody that can be athletic for you, that can go out there and make those tough catches that you can get uh, involved in your offense in a vertical way, kind of like Sam Laporta has been for the Detroit Lions. And you can also add more of that talent and then a vested interest in improving the offensive line. Nothing in Detroit works without its offensive line. And I think that's a big place where the Saints need to focus and rebuild and kind of retool and really get things going in 2024. So having somebody with an eye for building what has been one of the better offensive lines in the NFL for several years running over in Detroit, that's a good mind to have in your building while you're trying to revamp your offensive line as well. So I really, really like what a guy like Tanner Entrade could potentially bring and how you can see where the two offenses make sense, right? Where you can kind of plug and play a little bit. It's not all one-to-one. You have to make some adjustments, some investments to boost some talent, things like that, 100%. But you can see the vision and how it works in Detroit and how it could potentially some version of that work in New Orleans. Everything that I just said, you can say about Mark Brunel as well. The only two things that I'll add about Mark Brunel is that he's quarterback coach. So high level uh, position coach experience there has been doing it since 2021. If a guy like Brian Greasy, who's only been a quarterback coach in the NFL since 2022 is a candidate, I think a guy like Mark Brunel should be able to be a candidate as well. Then there's the storyline, right? Him coming back to New Orleans and all those other things. Like that's just pretty cool. Does that give him a leg up as a candidate? No, but is it a cool story? Yeah, a hundred percent. And then finally, um, 
Jake Peets uh, is number three for me here. So some people will turn their nose up at this because it's it's an LSU connection. And, and I get that, right? Like that just feels like it's convenient, right? All Louisiana bias, all these other things. But but bear with me here for a second. Um, you're, you're still trying to find a way to maybe steal somebody from that Sean McVay coaching tree if you can. You're not going to be able to get Zach Robinson, who was the quarterback coach and the passing game coordinator. So how about going for the passing game specialist, the guy right beneath him in a Jake Peets? And then again, Jake Peets has the play calling experience from the time that he was with LSU. Uh, they kind of ran the same running play over and over and over again in at LSU, kind of like what they do in Los Angeles with that duo run, which we broke down before that Thursday night football matchup, where you're effectively creating two holes on the inside for the running back to choose from. You isolate one of the linebackers, whichever hole the linebacker goes to cover in his run fit. That's where the running back goes the opposite way. And that's been a big way that this that the Rams have been able to win in their run game. That's a really nice piece to bring here to New Orleans. These are potentially three more candidates that the Saints could reach out to and could look to maybe get involved in their offensive coordinator search. We're going to keep on our theme of threes here. Coming up next, we're going to dive into three offensive uh, senior bowl prospects that we're really going to be keeping a close eye on here in Mobile. Got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate on behalf of our friends at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about getting that best seat on the couch, grabbing the snacks, getting ready for your favorite football game, and of course, placing some of those Super Bowl bets. I love betting on the, the color of the Kool-Aid, not Kool-Aid, uh, Gatorade. That's that's my hood talking. Sorry, not Kool-Aid. Uh, but betting on the color of the Gatorade that's going to be spilled over the, the winning coach and all that. And they have so many different ways over at FanDuel for you to get a W or two or three on Super Bowl Sunday. Not only can you bet on the Super Bowl itself over at Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score touchdowns, how many points will be scored, and I promise you, much, much more. And new customers right now, if you join today, you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 or more bet wins. That's all that you need. Head over to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. All right, family. Did you know that the next Debo Samuel could be at this year's Senior Bowl right here in Mobile, Alabama, and the New Orleans Saints have a chance to draft him if that stock continues to rise. Appreciate you very much for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget to go and check out the Locked on Sports Today 24-7, the first of its kind 24-7 national sports media stream on YouTube. You can subscribe today at Locked on Sports Today on YouTube to check it out. So, uh, I've got three senior bowl candidates that I'm really, really excited about over on the offensive side of the football that we're going to be watching over the course of this week. I'm going to start off with the guy that I think could be the next Debo Samuel, and I'm not the only one. A lot of people call him like small school Debo and all these other things, but Malachi, uh, Malachi Corley, the, um, 
Western Kentucky University wide receiver. Shout out to the Hilltoppers. We're going to take a look at him. We're going to take a look at Ray Davis, the uh, small, compact, but powerful running back out of Kentucky. We got a lot of Kentucky love today. And then we're going to go to the interior offensive line, a spot where the New Orleans Saints could potentially still look to add more talent there. They don't know what they've got in Nick Saldaveri. We'll see what happens with Andrus Pete. What's going to happen with James Hurst as well? Lots of questions for the New Orleans Saints on the offensive line. So we're going to look at Javion Cohen out of Miami, left guard fantastic player. Um, and we're going to be breaking him down as well. But I want to start off with Malachi Corley, the wide receiver out of Western Kentucky University, five foot 10, 215 pounds, 215 pounds was the big thing for him. Uh, and that's his official measurement here at the senior bowl. We've seen a couple of measurements come in at less than we thought. We just did mock draft Monday with a guy like Xavier Levitt, Leggett, excuse me, who was um, set over at the University of Southern California at six foot three, measuring at six foot one flat here in Mobile. This is a part of the game here when it comes to getting away from the school uh, listings of height and weight and getting to the actual listings of height and weight uh, and the actual weigh-in uh, process. So that's um, you know, one example of that, but the, the other side of it is when guys maybe come in a little bit bigger than you expect. And that's certainly what Malachi Corley has done. Let me tell you a little bit about Malachi Corley, uh, 2.78 yards per route run. That's a very good number, uh, for a wide receiver, 8.6 yards after catch per reception. That is uh, top 20 in the entire country in 2023, 330 screen yards, the most yards on screens than any other wide receiver in the nation in 2023. 42 screen catches as well, second most in the nation. 11 touchdowns in 2023, 11 touchdowns in 2022 as well. This kid is just electrifying with the ball in his hands. And I maintain that that's the type of talent that the New Orleans Saints need. They need a guy that they can get the ball in his hands on a two yard, you know, route or a slant or whatever. And then they have the ability to take it 75 yards. Rashid Jaheed packs a little bit of that. You always have the opportunity to get that with a guy like Alvin Kamara, but where else are you finding it? Where else are you finding it? And where are you finding it consistently? Because things don't have a place where they find that consistently right now. Could a guy like Malachi Corley end up um, giving them that, right? So the big question is, is he the next Debo Samuel? I don't think he is the next Debo Samuel. What's more important to me is that he's the first Malachi Corley. And can he come into the NFL as the first Malachi Corley and make a statement? And if he can do that, why not have him do that on your favorite football team, right? Like that's the way that I kind of look at, like why not let them take a swing? Um, he's a guy right now that is sort of seen as maybe a third or fourth round selection, which is a little tricky for the New Orleans Saints. They don't have one of those selections, but we know, or they don't have a selection in either of those rounds. As of right now, there's one compensatory pick for David Onyemata that could convey to a fourth round pick, but more than likely is probably going to be a fifth round pick. But the Saints are going to have, in that case, they would have four fifth round selections, their own, and then three compensatory picks, one for David Onyemata, one for Marcus Davenport, and one for Caden Ellis, who departed all last offseason. So there's the opportunity to package a couple of those, get up into the top 100, and maybe be able to go out and grab a guy like Malachi Corley. I like him a lot. I cannot wait to see him this week as he continues to maybe boost that uh, draft stock a little bit. And hey, maybe he becomes a second round selection and the Saints can grab him in the second round if they so chose to do so. Um, so again, Malachi Corley, Western Kentucky wide receiver, five foot 10, 215 pounds, just one of those Debo Samuel positionless types of guys, masterful in the screen game. And I think the Saints need and want their screen game back. He could be a key piece if they really come back to and find a way 
in 2024 to get a little bit of that wide zone playmaking uh, Shanahan McVay style offense. The screen game would be big and a guy with the yards after catch opportunities and threat like a Malachi Corley could go a long way as well. Uh, Ray Davis, the running back out of Kentucky, five foot eight, 220 pounds, kind of Mark Ingram-ish, not super tall, but stocky, built, power runners, one of those guys that will kind of run through and all that. I, I think that the Saints missed this last year when they needed a guy that would be able to go out there and pick up one or two yards, but also be able to maybe like ring up, you know, flip a switch and pick up 17, 18 yards on those times where they just needed two yards, right? There was never really sort of that explosive breakaway run from up in the middle until like Kendra Miller really started to get going at the end of the year. And then of course, Taysom Hill. But when you're talking about from the running back spot, there were none of those big like barreling through the middle, breakaway, get into the second, third level types of runs, or at least they were when they were there, they weren't there consistently enough. It wasn't a consistent enough threat for what the New Orleans Saints could do. So if you're looking at getting sort of that wide zone offense in and you're starting to mix in some of the gap scheme stuff that comes with that. And just when we talk about wide zone, we're talking about is like opportunities to run sort of those zone runs towards the outside. So running some outside zone, mixing in some inside zone, things like that, but really, really getting around the tackles towards the outside, getting the offensive line moving and blocking gaps as opposed to blocking the guy directly in front of them. That's what a zone run is. And so when you kind of institute that, but then you also mix in some of the gap scheme stuff like the duo blocks that we described earlier or the duo runs that we described earlier, a guy like Ray Davis can make a lot of sense to help you uh, be able to do that. And again, we don't know what the Saints running back room is going to look like in 2023 or 2024, excuse me. And so um, maybe adding to that room could end up being something that makes sense, A, or something that's necessary, B. We'll see what happens there. And then finally, um, Javion Cohen, uh, a left guard out of Miami, six foot four, 319 pounds. We've been talking about sort of the zone run guys. He's another one of those hyper-athletic Really good mover, very fluid, moves laterally very well, climbs up to the second level very well, does so in a hurry, strong, um, and is just very active in the run game. Really active feet, really active looking for work type of mentality. That's exactly what you want on the interior of your offensive line. There's a big to-do being made about the New Orleans Saints tackles. I'm a part of that. But I think the Saints could use some looks at their interior offensive line as well. We don't know how much longer James Hurst has or if he's going to be able to stay healthy if he's asked to be a full-time starter. We don't know if Andrews Pete is going to be back in 2024. We don't know who Nick Saldaveri is or what he looks like just yet. So continuing to add possibilities there and add competition there only makes sense. And, and, and a guy like Javion Cohen has the tools that you can get. He's probably a day three guy right now. Uh, probably just inside the top 200 selections, but will likely raise his stock, get into the top 150, something like that, to where you could be looking at him and with one of those compensatory selections at the end of the fifth round or something like that, or even your original fifth round selection, which would fall around 136 or so. That's a good spot to grab a guy like this who can do a lot for you. So again, those three players, Western Kentucky wide receiver Malachi Corley, Kentucky running back, Ray Davis, and then Miami left guard, or we'll call him interior offensive lineman, because I'm sure that they'll move him around here during the senior bowl, Javion Cohen. So we're going to be looking at all three of them and many, many more, right? Like a lot of the names we've already mentioned for Mock Draft Monday and stuff like that, we'll be watching as well. But these are just three new guys that I wanted to add to the list. I got three more, including a top linebacker, maybe one of my favorite defensive prospects in this year's draft who will be here in Mobile. And I cannot wait to see him. I'll introduce you to him next as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, patience, what brings home the trophy are all the things that can help you keep your ride or die alive as well. And eBay Motors has everything that you need to be able to keep your vehicle, take it, level it up to the next level. Of course, you can do that with superchargers, uh, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, and much more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what it is that you're looking for at eBay Motors. And with the eBay guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit the first time, every time, or your money back. Because with eBay, you are burning rubber, not cash. So with all the parts that you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into an MVP and start stacking some of those doves. So keep your ride or die alive today at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. My favorite linebacker in this entire draft class is going to be here in Mobile, and I cannot wait to watch him, and I cannot wait to tell you all about him. We got that coming up for you here as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Don't forget, we are your team every day. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to be keeping up to date with everything that I've been hearing here in Mobile, as well as, of course, getting you all of the information from the top performers and the guys that we'll continue to watch here throughout the three days of practices. Not really worried about the game on Saturday. Don't really care about that. But the practices Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, very, very, very informative. So we're going to be keeping you up to date with all that. So, okay, here are the three defensive players that I want to tell you all about that we're going to be watching very, very closely here as the senior bowl practices get started. I'm going to start off with linebacker Peyton Wilson from NC State, six foot four, 234 pounds, the quintessential linebacker that you would want on your team and that you should want on your team. So we'll be telling you about him. We tell you about James Williams, the big bodied safety. That's probably going to be doing a little bit of work at linebacker as well. The Saints could use some speed, a little bit of youth at the linebacker spot. Those are a couple of guys that could potentially fill that role or give you a massive safety to be able to fall back on as well, because I think the Saints need to move on from Marcus May. And then finally, Willie Drew, the Virginia State cornerback that I think would look really, really good in the slot at the next level. So let's start off with Peyton Wilson here. Peyton Wilson, like I said, six foot four, 234 pounds, is literally everything that you would want in a linebacker. You want high mental processing, check. You want somebody that's hyper-athletic and that can get sideline to sideline, check. You want somebody that can cover, sure. You want somebody that can rush the passer for you, sure. You want somebody that can simulate a little bit of pressure for you, sure. He can kind of do a little bit of all of it. Has stayed healthy 11 games in 2022, 12 games in 2023. Um, ended up putting together uh, uh, just a, a phenomenal list of 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 stats, including 31 assisted tackles, uh, only six missed tackles, had a 4.7% missed tackle rate. That's fantastic, especially for a guy as active in the run game as he's been. He's played down on the defensive line. He's played in the box. He's played out in the slot. He's got three interceptions, no touchdowns allowed in 2023 when it came to coverage. This dude can ball. 47.2 passer rating when targeted, uh, 26 coverage stops, according to Pro Football Focus, number one in the nation at his position in 2023, 41 run stops, top 15 in the nation when it comes to that. This kid can do everything. He is out standing. The NC State linebacker, Peyton Wilson, I promise you, you're either going to hear his name from the Senior Bowl but you're definitely going to hear his name in the NFL. 
I think that he's probably my top linebacker in the entire draft class. And so I'm super excited to see him here in Mobile. He can solidify that with some strong performances here in Mobile. I just want to see him cover those linebackers or cover those linebackers, cover those running backs, cover those tight ends, do a little bit of all that, and then still be able to show what he can do as a run defender and everything too. But if I can see him really start to cover lockdown players from different positions, I'm, I'm completely sold here. Great build at six foot four, 234 pounds. I mean, just perfect. I mean, perfect in terms of what you would want as a guy that even just being in the middle of the field can put his hand up and knock a pass down or something like that. Like you, you love that. Just to give you an idea of how tightly contested the top of the linebacker group is in this year's uh, NFL draft class, Edron Cooper out of Texas A&M, PFF 64th ranked player, player, right? 64th ranked player. Uh, Jeremiah Trotter Jr., 66th ranked player out of Clemson. Peyton Wilson out of North Carolina State, 69th, nice, best player in the nation. And so these guys, all three of them fall within five spots of one another nationally, across every position. Like it is a tightly contested thing. And honestly, Junior Colson out of Michigan, not far behind either at 74th. But out of all those guys, Peyton Wilson's my absolute favorite. And I cannot wait to watch him this weekend. Right, let's go to James Williams here. Six foot four, 238 pound safety. I'll say that again. Six foot four, 238 pound safety. Now he's not just going to work at safety here in Mobile. I'm certain that they're going to work him in the second level, that they're going to get him involved working as a linebacker uh, as well. And he is just one of those dudes. I mean, he is massive. And so that's the traits, right? Now you want to see, does the skill set match the traits that he has, right? Whether it's those things that you can't teach, height, weight, speed type stuff. That's awesome. He checks all those boxes, but now let's see if the skill gets there. So he's coming out of Miami, um, an 85.6 coverage grade from pro football focus. Take that for what you will in terms of like how you grade like coverage grades and stuff like that. But a pass rating allowed of 82.5. That's not bad for a safety. Um, he allowed 17 catches on 30 targets. So just over 50%, not bad there. Um, and has, you know, has experience playing down in the box, uh, plays, uh, played 254 sl- uh, snaps in the box last year. 300 snaps deep. So split that pretty well. Those numbers, not necessarily hitting those exact numbers, but that sort of range of like 250 or above, 230 or above in both the box and deep. That's been the story of James Williams' life uh, with uh, at safety over the course of the past couple of years. So he's been doing a lot of that, right? He's been sort of that nickel linebacker or that dime linebacker, for instance. Um, he's also been that safety that drops back deep and all that. So he's got a lot of good things to show for what he's done. I just want to see where he really, really fits. So I'm really excited to see what he shows this week at the Senior Bowl. And you know how the New Orleans Saints are. They love seeing a guy show up at the Senior Bowl in Mobile and play at a different position. They just love it. It's not always great. doesn't always work out, but they just love it. But James Williams might be a guy at the next level that's actually suited to play linebacker more uh, at the next level. And then finally, Willie Drew, uh, Virginia State. I want to give uh, Dylan Sanders a shout out on this one. He's really the guy that put me on to him. Five foot 11, 191 pounds, uh, seven interceptions last year with Virginia State. Um, he's a guy that transferred uh, over to the HBCU, played there. He's got all the traits, extremely physical, fights for the football, uh, massively instinctive, aggressive, will jump routes, will go after the football, all those things. will try to make plays at the, at the, uh, at the uh, catch point and has good hands. I mean, he's kind of got a lot of really good things. The thing that you're trying to kind of figure out is like, is he too aggressive? Is he going to put himself at risk? Is he going to put the team at risk by, you know, over committing to 
you know, uh, uh, a slant and it turns into a sluggo or something like that, right? And so I really like the potential of him fitting as a slot corner, five foot 11, 191 pounds. This becomes really interesting if the Saints do, in my opinion, uh, they shouldn't. But if the Saints do move on from Marshawn Lattimore this offseason, Alante Taylor is better suited on the outside. You got to find somebody else to go into the slot. This is one of those guys that you could grab in day three, small school kid that you could bring in and say, okay, you're learning this position. That's your focus. You're coming in, you're learning in the slot right away and then see what he's able to do. So I'm curious to see if we get to see him in the slot here in Mobile, because again, the Saints like seeing that. Every team in the NFL likes seeing a guy show up and maybe participate outside of their position a little bit, show a little bit of the positional versatility, what it is that they can do, but his aggressiveness, his ball skills, seven interceptions, him jumping routes, his, his football IQ, it's all there. It's all there. It's just, can he do it at the next level after playing against like, and I'm not just talking about HBCU level. He was at a small school before that too, before he transferred and everything. So he's been sort of at that sort of FCS, like D2 level and everything. So can he get up to the NFL and be able to produce and perform? That'll be the big thing. So this this weekend means a lot for him because he'll be going up against a collegiate talent that's levels up from where he you know was going up against like Norfolk and stuff like that during that time. Here's a real opportunity for him to show something there. So. That's the three defensive guys that we're looking at. Linebacker Peyton Wilson out of NC State. James Williams, the big-bodied safety out of Miami. And then Willie Drew, the Virginia State corner that I think could move inside to the slot. We'll be interested to see if he does that here in Mobile. All right, y'all. I appreciate you very much for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. For your second listen, make sure you go and check out Jake Madison over at Locked on Pelicans. Caroline Fenton over at Locked on LSU. Nobody's getting it done like Locked on Louisiana. Make sure to go and show some love to the other Louisiana folks that are out here getting it done. I appreciate you very much for making us a part of your day, a part of your routine for saying yes to me on the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you that nation, I'll holla at you.